Dear Katarina, what a showcase for the genius that is season two of The Vampire Diaries. Nina Dobrev's acting, the laugh out loud one-liners, the way that the storyline is pushed forward with tons of exposition and yet doesn't feel like an information dump. It just feels like nonstop action that makes me feel all the feelings. Sincerely, Bridget. Dear Katarina, I'm so sorry for all the pain and suffering that you had to go through. You deserved so much better. Most of all, you deserved the unconditional love and safety that you didn't receive from your family, and I hope that one day you will receive it. Sincerely, Christina. Welcome back to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we have the distinct pleasure of escorting you through this episode of The Vampire Diaries, Season 2, Episode 9, Katarina. I am your host, Bridget, and today we have with us a wonderful special guest, my dear friend, Christina. Yes! Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you on for this. We won't be delving into future episodes today, but we will be discussing this episode, Katarina, in detail. You've been warned. And speaking of warnings, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes. This episode in particular contains themes about suicide and family disowning around baby out of wedlock stuff. I know that it sounds like I made light of that, but I am not. Please check the episode description for trigger warnings and resources. My goodness, Christina. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited and nervous at the same time. Yeah, I feel you. Okay, but just take a deep breath and recall the time when you first started watching The Vampire Diaries. I heard about the books first. Oh, really? Did you read them? I read part of it because I was on my way for a dance class and it was a little bit early and I had time to stop at the bookstore. Yeah. So I just sat down, read a little bit of the books. And then I think a few weeks later, the TV show came out. So you almost had like a Twilight experience with the Vampire Diaries where it was like books and then movie. Or yes. not books and then movie, but like books and then film. One of my classmates, she was like reading the Twilight books. Yes. And I asked her and then she recommended those to me and she uh, gave me her books. Got obsessed with it. Yes. And then from there, somehow found out about the Vampire Diaries. Yeah. And that's how I got into it. I wonder if you feel this way. Like, I feel like Twilight is almost like the teeny bopper version of the Vampire Diaries. Like, Vampire Diaries feels like adult, mature vampire material. Or, like, teen, more like teen themes versus, like, more middle school-y for the Twilight stuff. Yes. Yeah. I remember just, like, reading the Twilight books and seeing the movies. It felt more PG-13. Yes. And then the Vampire Diaries was just like, yeah, no, we're just going to cover everything. Yep. (laughs) And boy, do they. Okay, so have you watched all of the Vampire Diaries? Have you seen all eight seasons? All of it. Okay, so you know more than I do. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I'm so excited for you to see, like, everything past. Yes, and you are going to be able to, like, literally watch me watching it because you're my roommate, so. Yes, listeners, Christina is my amazing, lovely roommate. And you're also, I, I, in my opinion, and I know you're going to be humble about this, but I think you're a really amazing artist and actor. And so one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this particular episode is because I know we're both huge Nina Dobrev fans. Yes. And she fucking slays it in this episode. She's fantastic. Honestly, like, so I get obsessed with actors when I see them in, like, a TV show or a movie, and then, like, I have to watch everything that they're in. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Ever since I saw her in the Vampire Diaries, I got obsessed with her and like now I need to watch everything that she's doing. Oh my god, yes. You mentioned Twilight, but are you into other vampire media or is it just mostly Twilight and the Vampire Diaries or are there other... I definitely got into the vampire thing. Mm -hmm. True Blood was fantastic. Yes. Anna Paquin, (laughs) love her. Love Anna! And uh, Alexander Skarsgård, of course. He's of course. Yes. He's like an Adonis among men. Yes, he is. <laughs> How can someone be this gorgeous? I don't know. But also, if you watch him in like interviews, he's just like the kindest human ever. Yes, he absolutely is. So. And Nina yeah. seems that way too. Like they all seem really amazing. Like Paul Wesley and Ian Somerhalder are so funny and like. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I freak out on like all these like individual actors and the people that inhabit these amazing mystical creatures it's like yeah get very obsessed with them so what are your general feelings about vampires like in the zeitgeist do you feel like they occupy a certain part of our human imagination for like any particular reason like what do you think that is i think it's just the want for 
eternity. Mm, yeah. Life can sometimes be so short. But also the fact that you can live through like so many centuries. Yes. And have experienced so much. History, yeah. And I think that is kind of like the appeal of it. Yes. Where you're just like you can see the world progressing yeah in that amount of time so, so true that's what i kind of really love about it it's almost like they're the history buffs of monsters yes exactly <laughs> um so do you have a favorite vampire character and it could absolutely be from the vampire diaries but it doesn't have to definitely Stefan. She loves Stefan. Stefan, yes. I'm... I didn't know that about... Are you a Stelena person? Yeah. Wow. Well, it's perfect. I'm probably one of the weirdos. No, yes. I fucking love it. I'm so happy. I didn't know this about you. I love the dynamic between Elena and Damon, but, like, I've always been, like, Elena and Stefan endgame you know i don't know if i told you this but when i was in high school i was hardcore delana and nikki okay. was hardcore hardcore stelena okay and now on this rewatch i have been becoming a stelena person yes <laughs> you're like not surprised at all everyone yep. else that i've told that has been fucking shocked and you're just like mm-hmm. <laughs> yep always been there staying there <laughs> love it so do you think we have anything that we can learn from vampires like as um since they occupy so much fascination and like this incredible archetype that they are in so many stories, like what do you think they can teach us? Humanity. Mm, beautiful answer. Say more. Yes. To me, like when I was watching the TV show, it's always been like, oh, well, one person. And it's also kind of just humanity, like human beings, uh, vampires. We have so much in common, actually, where yes. it's just like, we have good people, we have bad people, we have good vampires, we have bad vampires. We're all on this complicated. TV show. And it's just like sometimes you don't want to have your emotions, but you still have to deal with them. And um, yes, in this episode, that's such a theme. That is such a big theme on it. Wow. Where it's just like, can we switch off our emotions? Yeah. Or is that just as being delusional about it right. and pretending and how like human as you said how human it is to not want to feel your feelings because it's harder than just to not deal with the things that you're going through so true i made this point a long time ago on the pod but like the idea that vampires can live generations and like meet many different people from many different cultures and see the world change it's almost like they are our almost like record keepers of humanity yeah. because they hold so much in them. Like they would know way more people than we could ever even know because like in your short time on earth, you can only meet so many people and see so much of humanity. But if you're a vampire, yeah. you would almost know humanity even more than we could. But I'm also imagining they have a lot more compassion Wow! because they go through all of those and they see humanity change over that amount of time. Yeah. So I can see them being more compassionate towards people that are going through pain because wow. or that are like experiencing pain and suffering and discrimination and all the bad stuff that humanity is oh my gosh. Uh, capable of because I love they that. just see all of those things and they're like, yeah, this isn't right. Yeah, I love that, especially juxtaposed with this idea that like there's like Rose, who seems like a very compassionate Although she has, like, strong morals and she's willing to make, like, hard decisions, yeah. she does seem like she's a little bit more, like, in touch with the people around her. And, like, she, she knows what it is to run. She knows what it is to suffer and to be on the outside. But then it's interesting because you then have people like Elijah who seem like he's been around for forever and he seems so desensitized to like compelling another vampire to fucking kill himself. Like, so there's like the two ends. I just love what a beautiful person you are. Like, I loved your <laughs> intro where you were like, Catherine, I have so much empathy for you. And I was like, oh, I'm going to cry already. And you're like, the vampires, they have empathy. I'm like, yes, they do. But then also it's so funny. It's like, are they super sensitive or are they desensitized? And it does seem to be those two ends of the spectrum. Like, Stefan is super compassionate, yes. so I see why he's your fave. So the thing with Elijah from me is I don't think he's desensitized. Oh, really? I think that he has, like, a wall up. Yeah. So he's just, like, projecting what he needs you to, to see. Right. So that okay. you respect him, fear him. So he's just showing you what he wants you to see. 
and everything else he's like still hiding. So maybe that's why he it might look like he's desensitized, yeah. but he's probably just hiding his emotions because he's not ready for you to see it. Oh my gosh. I love this. I love you. Yes. Oh my God. There is nothing better than someone else who like talks about these fictional characters like they're real people. I'm like, yes. They yes. are real people. They are real. <laughs> All right. Well... With that being said, let's talk about the episode. Awesome. So, Christina, this is the episode where, and this was written by CW Publicity. Uh, okay. Every episode I read, like, a summary. And this one is written by the CW itself. So let's see how they did. Elena puts herself in a dangerous position as she searches for the truth about Catherine's past and what her own future may hold. Knowing that Stefan would never agree to, ha to her plan, Elena swears Caroline to secrecy. Damon uses a newfound confidant to help him to try to discover the real purpose and power of the Moonstone. Jeremy and Bonnie meet Luca, a new student with a surprising family history. Uh -oh. Everybody needs to drink because they use the word surprising. Every single time. Shots. Yeah, shots. Just like Catherine doing blood shots. Shots, shots, that's shots, 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 shots. Yeah. Yep, that's what I was thinking about the whole time. I was like, girl, Yeah, in, go for it. instead of Opa, we're all like, Petrova, <laughs> down the hatch. <laughs> I will start us off with a previously on. Yes. Previously on The Vampire Diaries. This is the first episode without, for over a century, I've been a vampire. I've kept a journal and my evil brother Damon and our paramour Catherine is a dead ringer for my current girlfriend, Elena. <sighs> So it starts instead with a history lesson from Alaric, who says, Vampires and werewolves used to roam freely until a shaman put a curse on them. Christina, in honor of history class, it's time for a pop quiz. Okay. Fill in the blank. Werewolves can only turn on a... Full moon. Correct. Vampires are weakened by the... Sun. Correct. The werewolf part of the curse is sealed by the... Moonstone? Correct. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, don't these quizzes make you feel, you feel like good about yourself? <laughs> I know that's it. Because Alaric is the history teacher. We got—they never go to school. We've got to go to school for them. We're, like, we're, I'm afraid of failing. Don't worry. There's only one more question, so you've got 75% correct. Okay. You're already passing. <laughs> the curse is broken by the sacrifice of the doppelganger, a vampire, a werewolf, and a witch. Extra credit. Extra credit. Yes. Yes, yes bitch. Okay. Very good. Well. <laughs> And that's not even all for the previously on. I feel like there's been so much information happening. So this is everything else. Back to our love triangle. I mean, our love square. Damon's put Catherine back underneath the tomb with some help from Bonnie's witchcraft. Stefan knows that Catherine was running from something in her past. Probably the originals, who we hear about from Rose and Trevor, uh, who kidnapped Elena last episode. No big deal. Uh, and <laughs> they were running from the originals, too, because Trevor pissed them off. And, of course, we meet... Uh, Nikki's favorite loyal vampire, Elijah, who fucking chopped off Trevor's head for trusting Catherine and betraying the original family all those years ago. So much to keep up with. Lots of nonstop action. And with an amazing cliffhanger last week, Damon staked Elijah. And we currently, when we start this episode, we know that the characters think he's dead. But we saw him come right back to life when the episode was over. And he looks so dapper. Yeah, he looks so fucking dapper in his black suit and his little haircut. Fantastic. <laughs> Those shoes. Christina is also uh, studied fashion and is an incredible uh, artist and seamstress. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> know your worth. Okay. Amazing that you are here for this episode because it starts off with Nina Dobrev speaking her mother tongue, as mm -hmm. it were, which I believe is Bulgarian. Yes. And Christina actually grew up watching The Vampire Diaries, not in English, but in... German. Yes! I grew up in Germany, so um, I was born in Kazakhstan. My family immigrated to Germany when I was five and a half years old, so I learned German in kindergarten. Yeah. I grew up bilingual, speaking Russian and German, and then I started learning English in fifth grade in school. Yeah. So by the time I moved to LA, I was 20, and understood it really well yes but like speaking english on a daily basis every single day and that's all you're hearing yeah you have to kind of get used to everyone's accent and enunciation For so sure. that was like another whole learning process and i also remember like the first time watching one of the episodes in yeah. english and i'm like 
I know I've seen interviews and clips right. on YouTube and stuff like that. But like for the first time, like watching a full episode in English, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have to get used to that one. <laughs> it wasn't, it was kind of weird, but not like a bad weird. It was just like mm, your brain has to process totally. it. Totally. Because the German voice actors were all very consistent, I bet. Exactly. So um, in Germany, a lot of TV shows, like American and British English TV shows, um, they get dubbed. So you always hear like the German voice like throughout the whole episode. There's uh, never usually like subtitles and they speak in English. It's always just like fully in German. Totally. And it's really cool because like they do get really attuned to the actors, like the voice actors. I know in Europe, it's like much more of a thing. Voice actors are like known like and they'll play sometimes like a specific actor over in the U.S. They'll play them like their whole lives. So like there's like the Al Pacino voice actor, you know what I mean? For like, and oh yeah, gosh. it's like a whole world. So that's super interesting to me. I would love to watch The Vampire Diaries in German. I wish that we could get that. I'm like, we can make that happen. We can we'll figure it, it out. All right, cool. This, I think it's VPN. Perfect. Perfect. We'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. So let us take you back to Bulgaria in 1490, all those years ago, to an extremely sad scene where Catherine is giving birth. She gives birth to a little baby girl, and almost immediately, before she can even hold her, oh god, I'm gonna cry, her baby's taken away, and it is just heart-wrenching to like see Nina Dobrev acting with this actress who plays Catherine's mother. And the way that she's like, nay, mama, like whatever she's saying in Bulgarian, I was just like, oh, God, like. I cannot even imagine her having to go through that pain. Yeah. Or just like, she can't even, like, she's not even allowed to hold her baby. <sighs> she's barely even allowed to look at her. Yeah. Like, and I think the mom was kind of like about to give her the baby but the father was the one who was just like absolutely no yeah like not even a chance to give her like time to attach to the baby yeah it's so true it's very clear that like Catherine has a very specific connection to her mom like through this whole episode and you really see it like her mom cares so much about her is like holding her they're like both crying absolutely Ooh, yeah we hate the patriarchy all right yes we do (laughs) So uh, back to the present uh, at the Salvatore house, Elena arrives and she's like not happy to be there. Yep. She's, she's so icy. She's just like, hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, in a hilarious moment, uh, Elena is like, why am I here? And they're like, because. And they reveal Rose and she does this hilarious like, ha, like a wave. <laughs> like, remember me? I'm the one that kidnapped you. Yeah. Nice to see you. Nice to see you again. <laughs> the look on Elena's face which is like if looks could kill Rose would be dead oh yeah oh yeah I don't care that she is like a super old uh, super strong vampire she would be dead in a second (laughs) and uh, as Elena is like all pissed off they're like okay but we're we're here to help you out like Rose is like I know Klaus is real he's one of the originals he's very very scary very big bad um and she describes him as like the first generation or the oldest vampire But Stefan is like, okay, but, like, don't believe her totally because, like, we don't know what's fact and what's fiction. And and Elena's like, okay, but, like, what about Elijah? Was, like, he, was he one of the originals? And Rose says, Elijah is the Easter bunny compared to Klaus. (laughs) Like, you don't get it. And Damon's like, yeah, we're looking at, like, a solid maybe. (laughs) He's like, I mean, Elijah's dead, so I'm, I'm pretty sure Elena's fine. And Rose is like, yeah, as far as you know, yeah, um, they should really be listening to Rose. She seems to know what the fuck she's talking about. She knows what she's talking about. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But and I also love how they're comparing, you know, they're saying, oh, Elijah is the Easter bunny. And I'm like, terrifying. what kind of Easter bunny? <laughs> yeah. Benicula. Have you watched some movies? <laughs> Easter bunnies can be really scary. That's very true, actually. <laughs> and Rose says, if you're not afraid of Klaus, then you're an idiot because he's real. And Elena's all icy, and she's like, all right, well, cool. I'm going to go to school. And <laughs> Stefan is like, oh, I can I can come with you. And she's like, that's okay. I know where it is. And it's like, okay. And as she walks away, Damon's like, she's in denial. And Stefan has this great line where he just goes, shut up, Damon. 
Like, I just love, I love that we've gotten past all the, like, Steph and Damon drama, and now they can just be brothers and be fucking annoyed at each other. Absolutely. <laughs> the best dynamic. But Elena is definitely in denial. Also, I get why she's pissed. L- yes. Like, the last 48 hours, she went to, uh, what, she had, like, a fake breakup with Stefan, mm-hmm. a real breakup Break with Stefan. She went to a party where she was physically hurt because of the like witch casting the spell that linked mm-hmm. her to Catherine. Yep. Um, she was kidnapped yeah. and then she was almost traded to someone that wants to kill her. And then she was rescued. Like this girl, I understand why she's icy. Yeah. So out in the woods, Elena, you know, you'd think she'd just want to go home for a nap, but instead she's like, hey, Caroline, come down to this cave with me and help me open the door because I'm going to find out the truth. She's got like full investigator mode. She's like, let's look for clues. She's got like a little, her little hat on and her magnifying glass. She's like, yeah, we're going to go interrogate Catherine. <laughs> there was not enough adventure in those last 48 hours. Let's do a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's skipping school for this. Fantastic. And she tells... That's a pretty good reason to skip school. It is a good reason. And she has someone to cover for her, who is Caroline, who is like, oh, sure, I I, I guess I can lie for you, but I really don't... She's like, I'm really not good at it, you know? And Elena's like, really? You're not good at lying? Like, when you distracted me from seeing Stefan, who was kidnapped by Caroline, or Catherine that one time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, okay, but that's because I was threatened. She has a point. Yeah, very true. She does pull out the girlfriend code, and Caroline is like, all right, okay. I love this moment where um, Candace Akala, like, moves the uh, the door of the tomb. Oh my gosh. It looks like it's no big deal for her, and I'm totally. like... Totally. It's beautiful. I think I need to go to the gym and, like, work out more, because... <laughs> I can barely hold a plank. You know that tomb door was made of foam or whatever. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, but they do a really good job. It looks so real. Yeah. And she, first of all, she lifts from... Uh, bends from the knees. Bends from the knees. Not the back. Not the back. Correct so form. It's we love it. Perfect form. But <laughs> it just looks realistic. Yeah. In a way. And I'm like... Yeah. yeah. Art department did a good job. She did a good job. Hell and yes. Like, the sound, the audio of like the... Yes. And like the... Exactly. <laughs> so good. Like all of it combined is perfect. And then uh, Caroline is like really nervous and Elena says, look, as long as I stay on this side of the door, I'm fine because Catherine can't get out. Um, and just as she says that she's fine and that Caroline can go, who comes slinking out of the darkness? Catherine. <laughs> the titular character <laughs> and she goes hello elena and she, she's so raspy she doesn't look too good but she's like she still looks as like very fine because Catherine is in her like her little masquerade ball gown dress oh my gosh so good but I really loved that raspy voice. It was just so realistic. Yes. And I was just like, yeah, that's how you sound when you like wake up in the morning and you haven't had like water or anything to drink <laughs> and all blood. night long. Yeah. And no blood. <laughs> and she says, come to watch me wither away. Goodbye, Caroline. And Caroline leaves. She's like, all right, bye. <laughs> Freaky as I will be too. Yeah. And thus begins... One of the most epic, iconic sequences of The Vampire Diaries, which is Nina Dobrev acting in a huge, big, long scene with herself. I would pay to be on set to see how they did that. Yes. Like either a stand-in or another actor that was always like playing uh, the other part for her. So important to have another person. Yes. But I would also love to see how they shot it. Yes. The constant back and forth. um, Yeah. To, and then the editing process for it as well, totally. where they had to like place it all, uh, yeah. like edit it all together. So I would love to see that and see what the process is because it's so much work. It is. And it's especially in this moment where there's like, there's this really good um, frame where you can see both both Nina's in the same frame where like they both slink down to the ground together. So you have like Elena kneeling down and Catherine is like sliding down the side of the tomb. And it's almost like they're agreeing to do this. Like Catherine could have been like, fuck off. I'm not going to help you, Mm -hmm. but she doesn't. And I think a big reason, well, she's like, why would I help you? Mm -hmm. And, and uh, Elena is like, because I brought you something. And she gives her, you know, her family history or this book or whatever. And Catherine is like, 
oh, real. So I'm supposed to be moved by this? What the fuck? <laughs> and Elena is like, oh, oh, I almost forgot. I brought this. And she holds up a little I brought like, you a life elixir. I brought you a water bottle of blood. Where did she get it? I know. Is maybe Caroline. Caroline must have helped okay. her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was wondering. I was like, who put this in a in a water model? I don't know. A teenager. And Elena says, I've come here to ask you about Klaus. And I love this sly smile on Catherine's face when she says, you've been busy. She has the best lines. She really does. Everyone has such... This, the writing is just stellar. I think that Catherine gains some respect for Elena in this scene because Absolutely. Elena says, you don't look so good. You know, she talks about how, like, she's like, oh, it must really be painful to desiccate and mummify. And she says, what is that going to take another 40 years or something? She's like, I can't imagine. And Catherine is looking at her like, fucking give me the blood. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. And she kind of rushes her. Like, she rushes to the to the front of the cave and she can't move because of the spell. Yeah. And But we can also definitely see Elena starting to take more control. Like, yes. after everything that she has done been through she's like nope fuck that shit i'm taking control of it i'm figuring out what i need to know and i will get my answers yes this is badass investigator vampire (laughs) investigator elena gilbert (laughs) yeah and and she sits down and she pours a shot of blood and she uses a stick i had forgotten about this that she uses like a stick to push it across the boundary (laughs) and Catherine is so impressed she goes "Mm, you have the petrova fire and she downs the shot and like sets it down. And there's this great like sound effect. It's like, Dong! and she's like, you know, another one. And, and they're doing it. Like they're doing business. And I fucking love the scene. I love these two female characters played by epically by Nina Dobrev. Yes. Just like interfacing with each other and like the power dynamic and the like, it's so interesting because Catherine must start to see herself in Elena Absolutely. in this story. But it also makes you kind of wonder what would their dynamic be if they were friends and yeah. imagine them being at the bar and then just be like, OMG, I've had a week. Totally. <laughs> Give me shots. <laughs> Give me, yeah. I need to tell you about this thing. Give me another one of the AB negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because Catherine has always been so like, nam nam nam, Elena. Mm-hmm. And now she's starting to see a little bit of her strength and the, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that she almost calls her like her own family. You have the Petrova fire. It's like, exactly. Yeah, you're one of my people, my family. And so that was an interesting moment of, like, ownership and respect that I yes. loved. Ooh, I love it! She launches into her story. The story of oh, Catherine Pierce. <gasps> it's so good. Klaus and I go back to 1492 after I left Bulgaria. Or was thrown out. <laughs> Which is not funny, but I love how she says it. I know, but it really just speaks to how society was back then and how society is still nowadays. Yes. What? She was literally like thrown out for having a baby out of wedlock. Right, yeah. And society hasn't changed much since then. Yeah, no, it really hasn't. Oh, there are so many conversations we could have about that right now. Oh, God. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how we saw how her mother was very accepting of her and that it was really yeah. her father's decision to take this baby away. And you just know it was his decision to disown her and that her yeah. mom had to listen to her because of the hashtag patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's, it's terrible. And it, it does make me feel like genuine, like, ooh, you know, pain for Catherine because mm-hmm. it's like, she did have a family once she was loved. She was, you know, by her mom, at least yeah. fucking dad is another story, but uh, she says she was banished and she went to England. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, so I became English. I love that. She's such a survivor. Yes. It's just like she did what she had to do. Yeah. No matter what it took. Yeah. So. And that's very clear throughout that. the whole story. It's just beautiful. She says, when I was in England, I caught the eye of a nobleman named Klaus. And she says, I was quite taken with him at first. So it sounds like he's a charming motherfucker. And she says, but then I found out what he was and what he wanted from me. And then I ran like hell. Cut to Catherine running like hell through the woods. <laughs> oh, it looks, it's such a great shot. Um, 
and the costume that she's wearing is fantastic for it. You um, would know. The good thing is we never see her actual shoes, so those are like running shoes underneath that dress because oh, yeah. for safety reasons. Yeah. And also, we kind of see her face, but also feel like at some point probably there was a stunt double um, yeah. running for her just because for... Yeah. I know insurance and safety reasons. Running in petticoats. Don't try it at home, kids. No. It's a lot of work. Just to put those things on, there's so many layers, and they get heavy over time. Yeah. It gives you a lot of, like, respect. It's almost, it's funny how, like, it's almost like a literal representation of the oppression of women over here. Absolutely. It's like how much fabric that weighed them down. The amount of fabric just gets heavier over time as you're wearing it, and also... It looks like she's wearing a corset. It's not super tight laced, but um, even if you're not uh, tight lacing, it's still the bones in the corset hold your body in a specific position that you're not always used to. Yeah. So your body just gets sore over time. Been there, then that. I love that. We should have you on episodes where we show Catherine in like 1864 and stuff. Oh my gosh, because those are some real fucking... Yes. But yeah, no, but this was 1492, which I don't know if you know this, Christina. Um, Being taught in America, history is a little touch and go, uh, depending on where you're brought up. Uh, If Mr. Tanner and uh, Alaric are any example of how much quality can vary in a history teacher. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yes, here's some fun little rhyming about 1492 that came screaming back to me. In 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. He had three ships and left from Spain. He sailed through sunshine, wind, and rain. And he was a terrible human being. Anyway, so that's my fun little thing about 1492. As it was like 1492, I was like, what is, why does the vampire die? (laughs) always pick these times in history where I'm like, oh, problematic shit was happening. And then I'm like, maybe it's because problematic shit was always happening. Yes, it always was. But specifically with the U.S., always, always. I don't think you can pick a day, month, or year without something absolutely tragic or horrendous happening. Yeah, some genocide, some woman having a baby out of wedlock being banished to England. disgracing her family. the shame. The shame. (laughs) But yeah, in this flashback, we see Elijah in old-timey clothes as well, and like a mullet haircut. Yes. (laughs) Chasing Catherine, and he's like, over there, over there. And then Trevor comes up, and he's like, oh, I think I heard her over there. And they're like, that way, ah And and Trevor comes up to, to Catherine, and he's like, I can't misdirect them much longer. I have to have you go to this, like, cottage in the woods. Um, and we see Nina Dobrev acting her ass off with her one British accent line where she goes, I can't run anymore. And I'm like, you're amazing and I love you and you're working so hard. Um, and so he sends her to a cottage. Uh, back to the present, Elena says, okay, but what did Klaus want? Like she's digging for the truth. And Catherine confirms that he wants to break the curse by sacrificing the doppelganger. Yeah. So she was human at the time. Elena's very smart. She's like, what does being the Petrova doppelganger have to do with the curse? And Catherine is like, give me another shot of blood and I'll tell you. Um, (laughs) She's like, the curse was bound by the sacrifice. The doppelganger was created as a way to undo that spell. And she's, I love that she says like, witches are very crafty with their spells. Mm -hmm. And she says it's so that the curse can be broken. But back to the flashback, we see Rose in the past with her lovely long hair. I personally prefer her, like, cool, like, yes, spiky, bisexual haircut. I, like, Honestly, love it. like, Lauren Cohen, <laughs> like, she just has, like, a gorgeous face. Yes. And uh, her bone structure. Yes. Absolutely perfect for a pixie cut. Oh, my God. Absolutely. But here she is in old-timey clothing, welcoming Catherine in. And, well, she doesn't welcome her in exactly. There's, like, an old woman who comes to the door. And uh, Catherine is like... Like, Trevor said that I could trust you. And immediately Rose is like, ah, Trevor, always making promises I can't keep. God damn it, get in here. Uh, <laughs> it makes me wonder what their relationship is, is if like Trevor is her brother or something. I always thought that they were lovers, but actually it seems more I like a just more best friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. When she has that rea- uh, reaction to uh, Catherine saying Trevor, Yes. It's just like you can see in her whole facial expression, she like softens. the whole history. Yes. And like She's you so can good. 
see her kind of just like rolling her eyes and be like, OMG, he did it again. <laughs> Here we go again. And more to your point about like vampires being like these little bottles of history. It's like mm -hmm. perfect for an actor because you get to have all of these like deep relationships and mm -hmm. like all the history you want. Like, you know, Absolutely. they talk about that in acting classes about how like your history is so important with the person. And it's like, if you're playing a vampire, you get to have centuries of history with someone. Yes. And that's so juicy. And I've done a couple of scenes and our acting coach was just like, if a, uh, if a name is mentioned, yeah. we need to see or understand like, just from a line or uh, the facial expression that you have, we need to understand that person. We're just yes. like, O-M-F-G. Yes. I need to tell you about so-and-so and we need to see that relationship immediately. I love that. Yeah. And I think all the actors here are doing that admirably. Absolutely. Catherine says to Rose, here's the moonstone. Uh, and she's like, you stole this from Klaus? And Catherine's like, yeah, I thought it was being smart. It was meant to be used as part of the sacrifice ritual. And she's like, I understand you're risking a lot and helping me. And Rose is like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm risking nothing. I'm going to bring you back to Klaus at nightfall and beg him to show us both mercy. And so <laughs> back in the cave, Elena is like, okay, but obviously Rose didn't bring you back to Klaus. And Catherine says, yeah, it's not because she had a change of heart. And we see in the flashback in a really potentially triggering scene for those of you listening this is where a little bit of the suicide theme comes up so if you're sensitive to that maybe give it a break for another five minutes yes. and join us um we see rose coming into Catherine's room where she smells that Catherine has cut herself like hurt herself yeah. it seems like she's given herself an abdomen wound yeah and it's funny because we both know Catherine. if she wanted to kill herself she would have been dead already exactly so it was her plan the whole time for Rose to be like, oh, no, can't have this happen. And so she feeds her her blood and Catherine pretends to be like, oh, no. And then Trevor comes in and he's like, hey, Rose. And she's like, what the fuck, you little bitch? And like she like corners him in another room. And while she's distracted, like talking to him and she's like, why are you helping her? Blah, 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 blah. In the meantime, they hear a thud in the other room and they walk in and Catherine has hanged herself. Oh my gosh, like, seeing that, I kind of forgot that I watched that episode, or, like, totally. kind of forgot about that, and I was like, okay, that's, they just went for it. They totally did. I mean, this is, like, next level shit. I feel like yeah. this is a teen show. I'm like, oh my god. I know. <laughs> that's insane, but, um, again, it just shows her, uh, like, her taking full control over everything yes. and being like no 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 i'm not gonna be just a uh, damsel in distress yeah i will get out of this and do whatever i have to do yes she's so strong and she just knows exactly who she is she knows she'll go to any lengths i mean like i don't think that i could like seriously cut my abdomen even knowing that i would come back to life yes i don't think that i could inflict a mortal wound upon myself i'm not that no. uh savvy <laughs> With, like, survival to almost kill myself. And, oh, my God. It's just so crazy. Like, this lady goes big or goes home. And she was human at the time. So this is, like, Catherine yes. was, like, did not become that way as a vampire. Like, she became a survivor because she had to because of the fucking patriarchy. All right. Exactly. <laughs> I'll get off my little soapbox. Dismount. In this moment, Rose is freaking out because she's, like, oh, my God. Like, don't you see? She knew, she used me. She used you. She was like, I'm not going to have Klaus, you know, be angry with me. And she's like, I'm going to kill you now, essentially. Mm -hmm. And she, like, runs at Catherine and tries to stake her. And Catherine, uh, like, drinks the blood of, like, uses a, a human shield of the woman. Literally a human Which shield. Is, like, crazy, because, like, she's going up against a vampire. She's a human in transition, exactly. using another human. Like, Catherine is insane. She's, like, like an action figure. She's a mastermind. <laughs> she's a mastermind and she goes nom 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 on the woman's neck and she's fully transitioned and rose says you've just signed our death sentence and Catherine says in an epic iconic Catherine line better you die than i she says klaus needed a human doppelganger i was of no use to him mm -hmm. as a vampire and elena says yeah but you didn't really escape him though did you yeah you you've been running ever since it was it worth it and Catherine is like it's better than like spilling your blood over some stone just to break the curse yeah. and then she says oh what's the matter afraid i might be right mm -hmm. because she knows elena's in the exact same position and so she says well you can make the same choice now and she opens up a little bit of her wrist and she says here's your chance going 
Gun. going gone as she heals and she's like the shittiest auctioneer ever and elena also in a moment of showing her compassion as a character she says you don't even care that you like ruined trevor and rose's lives like you ruined their lives and i'm like elena these people literally kidnapped you like an episode ago maybe don't have compassion for them but she does she's incredible but that's because she's such a nice human being yeah and this is why her and stephan need to be together absolutely i'm fully with you now i hear you delena fans i hear you screaming in the background you can you can write into us at dearvampdiaries at gmail.com and tell me why i'm wrong all right i dare you i fucking dare you okay Catherine says i was looking out for myself elena I will always look out for myself. It's such a good line. It is. And it really just kind of shows and goes back to um, everything that she has gone through. Yes. Like, she never received support from her family. She was disowned. Yeah. And to leave her so, country. She exactly. was like an expatriate. And At what age? Insane. Like, she seems like she's like, I mean, she seems like she's Elena's age. Yeah. So. 17. Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. But it's just like, again, like she never received that unconditional love and support that she deserved and she had to fend for herself. So I totally get that. She's like, yeah, no, I was looking out for myself. (laughs) I will always look out for myself because nobody else will do it for her. Exactly. Yeah. And she just went balls to the walls with it, like survivor-ness. And what I love, too, is that she says to Elena... If you're smart, you'll look out for yourself, too. And there's that little moment of, like, ownership in a way of, like... Yeah. At first, you know, she was kind of very... (laughs) I was going to say kind of. She was extremely, like, vile towards Elena. You know, she's been fucking with her relationship with Stefan. She's been hurting Aunt Jenna. She's been, like, threatening Matt and Caroline. And she's, she's been doing all these things. But in this moment, as she's reflecting on her family and her lineage as a survivor... She looks at Elena and she sees herself in Elena and she says, yeah. you're smart. You'll do the same thing. Like she's, you know, in, in that weird way, I do feel like she's owning that Elena is part of her lineage and her yeah, family. Because she is her legacy. And yes. like, if she wants her legacy to uh, continue living on. It's Elena. That's Elena. <laughs> but Elena is putting all of this together and she says, come on, Catherine, like how much of this is true? And Catherine says, I have no reason to lie, Elena. I have every reason in the world just to sit here and read and rot. And Elena is pacing around, putting all this together in her little vampire investigator mind. And she goes, but it wasn't just me, was it? You said that witches need a lot of ingredients for their, so for their spells. She says, you need me and you need the moonstone. You were going to hand me over. And Catherine's like, yeah, I was tired of running. I thought he might be able to <laughs> strike a deal. And she says, what else is needed to break the curse? And I got chills the moment that Catherine says, oh, look who just got smarter. (laughs) She says, it's not just me and the stone. Or you wouldn't have had to trigger the werewolf curse. So Tyler. And she says, you also need a witch. She said, mine bailed, but Bonnie will do just fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Poor Bonnie. And she says, and a vampire. Caroline. And she says, it could have been anyone, I suppose. But I like the poetry of Caroline. And Elena is outraged. She's like, you were just going to hand us all over to be killed? And Catherine just shrugs and is like, yeah, better you die than I. There is that line again. Oh, so good. It just comes full circle. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And she just disappears back into the darkness. Mm-hmm. And then Stefan comes down and he finds Elena. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, Caroline told on me, didn't didn't she? And Stefan is like, no, she kept your secret, but it didn't take me long to figure out what would, would have been so important that you need to lie to me. Except it almost took a whole day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Like, he, he really, really tried. Like, he's like, he's like doing like a Sudoku puzzle in his head of like eliminating possibilities of like, not here, not here. Oh, I know. <laughs> And he says, whatever she said, don't listen to her. She's a liar. And Elena's like, how do you know? You didn't hear what she said. And he's like, listen, I don't care. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And Elena is like, that's the problem. You're going to die trying. And how is that any better? Oh. <laughs> and Catherine reappears and she's like, always the protector, Stefan. She says, you know, I haven't told you the best part of the story. 
There's nothing you can do. She's doomed. Because in a flashback, we see Catherine coming home to Bulgaria in 1492. She discovers everyone in her home has been slaughtered and it's gruesome it's so crazy it just there's like a dude like maybe her brother or something like a sword through his chest he's just like hanging on the wall like a doornail and um the worst though that hits me and what hits Catherine the most is that she finds her mother dead and the way that she is just like like holding her and like keening just like mama and I'm like I want my mom (laughs) but that also shows you again the relationship that she had with her mom then it was just she's the one person in the world she's the one person in the world how can I have so many feelings for a fictional fucking character how did they do this magic yeah (laughs) vampire magic (laughs) back in the cave uh, as we see Catherine has just doled out this information which is the final blow to Elena because that's her worst nightmare is that everyone that she loves is gonna be hurt she says Klaus is inescapable you know, he's going to exact vengeance no matter what you can do. Like, and she says, you're pretty much doomed unless you have this. And she holds up the moonstone. And Stefan is like, so oh, pretty. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Stefan says. He's like, he's like, oh, it's so pretty. Can we purchase it from you? Just kidding, you psychotic bitch. He's like, you just want to trade that stone for your freedom, don't you? And he's like, don't you see Elena? She's like, she's spun this whole thing. It's a lie so that we'll let her out. Mm-hmm. And Catherine says, it's not a lie. It's the truth, Stefan. And he's like, no, 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 no. You're just trying to get your freedom. And she's like, freedom? Oh, please. She's like, and when Klaus comes to kill us all, and he will. She's like, I'm going to be the safest psychotic bitch in town. Because I am going to be the one in the tomb where no vampire can enter. That is my favorite line from the whole episode. Oh, I'll be the safest psychotic bitch in town. town. <laughs> because she's like, hey, you called me that. I'll accept it. Hell but yes. I'll be safe. Sticks and stones, Stefan. So they leave. They leave her in the cave. And Elena is trying to run into her house. And Stefan is like, no, please talk to me. Like, don't shut me out. And she says, you know what? I wanted the truth. I got it. She says, I can't blame anyone else anymore. She's like, it's not just because you came to town. It's not because we fell in love. That's not why everyone I love is in danger. It's because of me. It's all because of me. And she's like, it's Caroline, it's Tyler, it's Bonnie. And he just holds her. And it's this beautiful moment of like, I love that you can appreciate this Stelena moment with me. Yes, (laughs) but it's also so heartbreaking. And then like when I was watching the episode, I just thought, no, Elena, it's not you. Right. It's Klaus. It's this fucking dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's all I, his fault. It's true. It's like, there's this question here of like, because I've heard people say that they think Elena is really self-centered and I get it. She does have main character syndrome, but like, I can also see it as her being like feeling powerless over the fact that like, yes. she feels like everyone is being targeted around her and it's like, she can't have any loved ones because it's like, they're all just going to die. Yeah. And she's such a good hearted human being. She doesn't want anyone to suffer. She literally got kidnapped because of it. Yeah, this girl has been through so much fucking trauma. And Stefan just holds her through it, and I fucking love it. And what's amazing, though, is that we go back to the cave, and we see Catherine. She's flipping through her family tome. And there's this beautiful song playing in the background, and the Mm -hmm. lyrics say, Will I see your face again? As she takes out this beautiful, like, drawing of her family. And you see her, like, just, like, trace her mother's face with her fingers. Oh, God. Christina, I'm fucking losing it. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) I seriously, I have have tears. I know. That episode is just fantastic. And, like, Mm. that was heartbreaking. So let's lighten this mood up by going over to Stefan and Caroline's friendship in this episode. So Caroline, doing her very dutiful duty, she distracts Stefan by coming up to him at school. And she's like, oh, where are you going? And he's like, Elena went home sick. I'm going to check on her. And she's like, and in a brilliant moment of reverse psychology, she goes, oh, okay, I guess we'll just talk another time. And he's like, talk about what? And she's like, oh, I mean, just a little thing. Maybe told Tyler that I'm a vampire. Uh, no big deal. 
Don't worry about it. And we got time. You can, you can see his face. It's like exasperated. Stefan is my fucking favorite. Yes. <laughs> so she takes him to the grill. And when we see them, she's just like stuffing her face with a delicious house salad. Only at the Mystic Grill. Um, and uh, she's like, <laughs> she's like, if I don't eat, I get those killing some people urges. And she's like, Tyler has those too, by the way. I think every human has those. If you like leave me hungry for a few hours, I will absolutely the hanger is real i get hangry the m night Shyamalan twist of this podcast is that i live with a vampire (laughs) you've never seen me in the mirror i only see you at night has nothing to do with the fact that i have to be at work at seven (laughs) so um in this moment like you can see stefan getting a little bit like impatient with her And he's like, okay, what else did you say to Tyler? And she's like, not much. Tried to keep the questions to a minimum. Are you mad? And he's like, yeah, Caroline, I'm pretty mad at you, especially because if David finds out and she's like, you're not going to tell him, are you? And he's like, no, because he'd fucking kill you. And she's like, oh, you're my best friend. Thank you for being my friend. Why are you such a good friend to me? (laughs) She's just so, she's adorable. They have such a cute friendship. I love their friendship, but also... I'm imagining to Caroline, Damon, and uh, Stefan are kind of just like, Mom, I did something. Please don't tell Dad. Don't tell Dad. Oh my god, I love it. Yes, Vampire Dad. And it's funny because, like, I don't know, did, did you love Lexi? I loved Lexi. I love Lexi. She's like a one-episode character from season one. I know, but and yet, she's so memorable. So and good. like Yeah. She's a fantastic actress. She is. Ariel Cabello, just their yes. friendship was... Yes. Again, you can see see the whole history and just those couple of scenes that they had yes yeah another great character from these writers and it makes a lot of sense in this moment when Stefan is like you kind of remind me of a friend of mine that I used to have and it's Lexi and she's like oh tell me about her and he's like I will some other time gotta go and she's like oh no wait wait, what do I do about Tyler uh you know I don't I don't want Damon to kill him and there's a full moon coming up and he's like okay cut to what like two hours later (laughs) And he's like, all right, Caroline, you have two seconds to come clean. What are you distracting me from? Like, where is Elena? And she's like, what? I'm not, what? And he's like, well, I'd believe that if I didn't know how good you were at providing a distraction on demand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, don't worry. Like, I, she she made me promise not to tell you, but like, she's not in any danger. And he's like, not in any danger. Is she with Damon? And Caroline goes, ew, No! <laughs> And he's like, well, then where is she? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. And and he's like, but I'm your friend. And he tries to pull out, like, the girlfriend yeah. code. Yep. And she's like, ooh, that's already been used today. Sorry, buddy. That's the law. I that's know, how them rules work. <laughs> Whoever I invokes it first. so bad for Caroline. She's, like, really, like... In the middle. Really in the middle and, like, torn between both of, uh, both of them. And it sucks. It does suck. But um, yeah. it just shows like her history with Elena and everything that they've been through yeah. and she's like she's not choosing one over the other she's just saying right. hey I made a promise and if I ever make a promise to you I will keep it to exactly. you as well and she, I think she's trying to like also make it up to her because she did lie for so long because of Catherine and so it's like she's like I'm trying to mend my ways and I see huge growth for Caroline here yeah. so I just love her she's just a spot of sunshine in the middle of a very emotional episode <laughs> All right, moving on to the Bonnie, Jeremy, and Luca storyline. Luca, new boy in town. (laughs) So in the school parking lot, Bonnie Bennett is walking along with her books, and she trips, and it's really cute, and she, like, loses all her stuff, and Jeremy comes over, and he helps her out, and he's like, may I carry your books for you? And she's like, why are you talking to me like we're dating in the 50s? And he's like, because I'd like to go to the grill and date you and go on a date and yes. go play some pool and she's like what, what 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 but you're like my best friend's little brother and he's like tell me something i don't know and don't care let's do it definitely don't care about it <laughs> what do you think about bonnie and jeremy are you feeling I it i love them they're cute right i think they're absolutely. cute absolutely i was like, a little bit I... weird about it at first because i was like oh can't we get someone better for bonnie but they're both no. on the outside a little bit you know yes they deserve more, but also they they're just do. so kind and I don't know. They just work together. They do. I yeah. So together. I'm fully on board for them to play pool and it's like very cute. But then um, in true cockblock fashion, <laughs> <laughs> Luca shows up and he's like, 
hey, where's the office? And I'm like, what office? I'm sure there are so many offices in this fucking school building. You mean the principal's office? Anyway, no, that's just me. I'm just, I'm such a nitpick. Um, and Jeremy is like so prepared. He rattles off a little spiel of instructions. Like it's his job. He's just like, oh, it's like right down the hall and like blah, 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 blah. And like over there. And, and He's definitely trying to get rid of him. Oh yeah, for sure. And Luca is just checking out Bonnie. Those looks that they gave each other oh she doesn't even say a word they just look at each other and he's like hi bonnie and jeremy's like let me show you to class (laughs) (laughs) love it and um at the grill it's kind of interesting like to see bonnie be there before jeremy and kind of being like she doesn't know if she wants to sit down with this guy like she's a little bit suspicious yes or she's like just very cautious because Bonnie is all about her boundaries, as yes. we've learned. <laughs> I feel like she's definitely suspicious just because she can feel yeah. everything. And as we and saw with Lucy, it's like a fam. Like, exactly. she says, like, oh, when you're around a witch, it feels like you're at home. Like, you're at home with family. Yes. And she had that interaction in the previous episodes. Yes. So, and now it's, like, happening again. And she's like, yeah, no, there's definitely something there. Yes, exactly. And we find out that there is... Definitely something there, because uh, very smooth, um, Luca introduces her to his dad, Dr. Martin, uh, Jonas, Jonas Martin, and uh, he's like, we just moved here from Louisiana, but your last name is Bennett, huh? Mm -hmm. Oh, Bennett, let me stroke my beard for a couple seconds and think, (laughs) you know, any relation to the Bennett's from Salem? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, yep. That's kind of really a creepy moment where you're just like, just like am I about to get murdered? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have I just been tracked down? Have you taken some weird black and white photos of me from afar? This what is very not okay. What do my ancestors do that I have to pay for? <laughs> oh, yes. In this show, every time. Every time. Yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, it, he. Uh, it's funny because like they do talk about like, Luca is like, yeah, it's it's quite different from Louisiana. And Bonnie says, it's not so bad here. And Luca says, yeah, it's looking up. And he like looks at her and they have like a little flirting moment. And she she touches his shoulder and like looks mm-hmm. at him and like kind of gets a read on him as she goes over to see Jeremy. And she's like, all right, definitely wigged out. Yes, their chemistry and just their looks yeah. is electrifying. It is electrifying. Damn, they just got the fucking prettiest and also best actors on this show how do they do it the cw so later on bonnie and jeremy are enjoying their little pool game it's so cute oh my gosh and i love when when bonnie like she like barely hits the ball and he's making fun of her for it and she's like oh really try to get a shot try to get a shot and she's like like you know bumping him and the cock block master luca comes in and And he's like, hey, guys, but I'm like, I'm also really like, oh, wow, Luca, look at you making friends. Like, he's super good at just, like, inserting himself. This kid does not have social anxiety, let me tell you that. No, he does not. We all can learn from him. We could all take some lessons from Luca about how to be an extrovert. Um, And he comes over and he's like, oh, I'll take the winner. Bonnie's mood changes immediately, like her face slips immediately. And later on, he's able to get her alone. And he says, look, my dad's not subtle. I'm really sorry about that before. He picked up on you. He's just fishing around. And we, we don't mean any harm. And she says, I felt something too. And he says, I know, which is why we're talking about this right now. <laughs> and he says, I, there's something I want to show you. My dad doesn't like people to know, but he pours out a little bit of salt on the table and mm-hmm. he floats it, much like how Bonnie once floated some feathers in Elena's exactly. room. And she's so happy to meet I another know. witch. Because it's just, like, again, like, when you have something in common with someone, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm no longer the only outsider anymore. Yeah, exactly. But also, like, from a visual uh, point of view, like, that is such a beautiful shot and, like, yes. the lighting in it. And then yes. I would love to see the special effects. Of oh, that. for sure. However they edited it, I want to see it because yes. it's just so seamless. Totally. So... Yeah. yeah. I would love to be in the editing room on that episode. Hell yeah. This whole episode is just like a master, masterful episode. Yes. We find out that Luca calls himself a warlock. 
Why is that? I don't know. Witch is cooler. Just yeah, be a male witch. witch. Is cooler. Just be a male witch. Why do you have to? F- the fucking patriarchy and motherfucker. Look, this caught is up me. yet. We're still working on it. Yeah, we're still working on it. But <laughs> but as they're connecting, Jeremy has been playing pool by himself, I guess, this whole time. And then he just kind I of know. looks over and he's like, he sees Bonnie and Luca connecting exactly. and laughing. And he just kind of is like, okay. And then he like leaves with his backpack. And that makes me so sad. I know, but you know what? I, I've been thinking about this and I was like, Bonnie, she she needs she needs connection. Especially since her grams died. She needs yes. direction and connection and all of the actions. All the all the things. But I still want Jeremy and I know. Bonnie. It's sad. So Going over to an amazing... I'm just realizing uh, that we've been recording for an hour. We might make this into a two-parter. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Let's solid. do it. <laughs> Let's do it. 